Welcome. This is another New Normal podcast where I try to learn more of how people experience the digital world around them. My name is Andrew Mayer, founder of Digital Done Right, where I work with businesses on new ways of working, communicating, and designing those excellent online experiences. Today, I have Nigel Williams, who I worked with for over 15 years together. Jeez, that's a long time. Yeah, that was our corporate gig, and we did it big time. We worked with the biggest companies in and honestly around the world. And as you'll hear, jet setters we were. And now I'm really almost embarrassed to admit that. Today, Nigel, like I, has downsized his organization, focusing on local, but also small businesses, as well as startups. He has a few businesses, but today we're gonna talk about his web design and social management services he offers. I wanted to learn, what are some of the challenges these businesses have? Insight? They have a hard time expressing in words what their business is. But I also wanted to learn how he markets his business today. Insight? He's really honest on this point. I wanted to talk with another startup owner to learn a few things, and that was my honest motivation for asking him on the podcast. Well, not the only reason. He's a great guy. He's also a straight shooter. Last time, I think I said on the podcast that I had been spending a lot of time defining my business objective and mission, and that took me the summer. That's done, and now I have more time to generate content. Here we are with another podcast. And because of that new objective definition I've got, looks like I've won a new client this week. Now let me get out of the way of all this. Here is New Normal with Nigel Williams. Nigel, you and I were colleagues for 17 years, according to LinkedIn, and I believe that's probably pretty true. Uh, my first memory of working together with you was in November in Helsinki in 2003. Remember that well. Yes, and you spent that first winter with us out there, and you ran away <laughs> and went and did other work. <laughs> I think at that point, you would know better than I, your family was growing, to put it that way. And you didn't want to spend five days a week in a hotel in a frigid country. And you headed back home and probably did other projects more locally. I stayed with that company, Nokia. Some people who listen to this podcast might not even know who Nokia is. They made cell phones. They were the number one cell phone company uh, worldwide in 2003. I stayed with them until 2006 for an entire three years traveling the world. And... Thank you for being here. But you and I started, or we worked together those 17 years in a hyper-huge corporation working with the biggest companies around the world. We jet-setted. It's, it's embarrassing to admit that in the days of global climate change and all the other things of teleworking and things like that, honestly, in 2003, were not as easy to do uh, or sometimes were impossible to do in the geographies we were working in there. Uh, but you... You left the corporate world in 2019, I believe it was, somewhere at beginning of 2019 or 2018, and you, yes. went, you went super small, right? So you and I come from this big company. I left two years after you. You went super small, which I'm going through that process right now. What was it like? What was that transition from huge boardrooms with fancy tables and all that stuff going into having mom and pop pie shop sitting at your desk with you? 
It was interesting. It, it was fun. It was different, which was what I wanted. The biggest difference is that you feel you can make such a difference when you're working with a business or small business. You know, we try and stay lower than 10, 15 people as staff members. That's about the right size business that we want to work with because I didn't want to get back into the big companies and all the process and so on with those. I wanted to be able to have a conversation with somebody, see a problem, help them fix it. And then you've got pretty much instantaneous results. And then that person goes away happy. It's a nice feeling just to be able to do something quickly, get somebody back operational or working or do something that's going to make a, a difference immediately to their business and actually see it have a decision from you have a conversation and then worst case you get a call the next day to say yeah go ahead and do it rather than six months of slog and hard work and then you never know you might get something at the end of it so it's yeah it's a different environment but it's very rewarding is there anything you miss oh that was a long pause okay i'm gonna yes. leave i'm gonna leave that long pause in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think yeah there is stuff i miss you know we spent we spent a year in Helsinki pretty much together and it was fun. We had real fun as part of the teams that we were in, working bigger teams. Yes, airport lounges were our remote offices. We saw the world. I think I did twenty six countries in within Europe within within the time that I was there. Most of those countries fly into every week for months, sorting things out. And yes, that was fun. But priorities change and things change. I miss the teams that we had. We built up such good relationships within the teams and within the customers. Still see stuff from our customers. Um, a few of them that were in, I think it was Norway, that still pop up every now and again on, on LinkedIn and, and other social medias that we're all on. So yes, I miss the people. I don't miss the style and the way of working. That's for sure. Today, you've got, you've got a couple of businesses. You've got an IT business, which focuses on I, I, I say hardware, software, fixing things, connecting things, fixing somebody's Wi-Fi at their home and in their business, things like that, which you've had for a while, which you said is running quite well. But you also have another business, and this is one I wanted to talk to you about because I find it really interesting because it kind of shoehorns into what some of what I'm doing, Hampshire Web Design? design. Hampshire yes. Web Design. Uh, tell me about Hampshire Web Design and what you guys are doing with that. We wanted to do is we were so we're a recent startup uh, and we knew some of the, the struggles that, that you go through with trying to start a business from, from scratch, especially if it's a side hustle, which a lot of them are. They, they start off as a side hustle and, and build it up and then get to that point where they can then make that jump from being employed with a hustle to doing it to full time. Um, so we wanted to look at where we can specialize, where we can make a difference and try and differentiate ourselves from, from everybody else. And that was in the startup and small business sector. So, you know, we do a lot of work with small businesses and with especially startups. Um, we joined a startup group called Startup Disruptors, which is an organization here in the UK that supports and mentors um, startup businesses. So we joined them, been with those guys for a couple of years. And, and it's sometimes it's just a have a sounding board, have a call with, with another, another business that can give you some help, give you some guidance on, on what, uh, on, you know, things that their experiences, things that they've learned, you know, learning from other people's mistakes is, is a great way and learning from their successes as well. Trying to better than have to learn from your own mistakes all the time. So we've been involved with that group and we've changed our, our relationship with them now where we're sponsoring and supporting more businesses because we have grown a little bit. 
Um, but it's we wanted to work in that startup space, uh, and so these these are often people or or small businesses that you know they got the guys that run the business, but they haven't got the you know the bandwidth to think about web, to think about social media, to put their plans together on what they want to do. Um, but they need a and especially when you start up a cost effective way of trying to do that. So, you know, we've looked at our processes and how we do things to try and, you know, streamline things as possible to, uh, you know, to, to get these these businesses up operational, get their their presence there, help them start building their brand and their credibility, um, which is, you know, what a, what a website is all about. You know, give them that little leg up and jumpstart so that they can get on and do the things that they want to do, uh, which is, you know, whatever it is their business is, whether you know there's one of whether it's installing their solar panels, which one of them is doing at the moment. Um, they just started off mm. uh, and putting putting in solar solutions for organisations. They haven't got time to to think with, with that business at the moment mm. because it's doing so well. They they don't you know, the the website of it. Yeah, it's like they don't want to know about it. They just want to be able to you know do a project, fire over some images of what they've done, and have somebody just. Do it straight away. Get it on their system. Get it out onto social media for them. They don't have to worry about it. It costs them a lot more to do it themselves than it does to have another business okay. run it for them. Yeah, for cool. them. So that's where we've we've seen and, and what we're trying to focus on. So you're not just doing the web design. You're also doing website maintenance. Yes, right, it sounds like as well because this is this is something that you know anybody who's over the age of twenty five will know this problem. You go onto a, a company's, particularly a smaller company's website, and I'm working with one right now where you scroll to the bottom and the copyright says twenty seventeen, and the last update was obviously made in twenty seventeen, and the the business owner, the small business owner, like you just described there, uh, will say, I don't. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, it costs me too much time. Every time I sit down, I have to go relearn how to do these things. And so I, I just throw it out there <laughs> once and leave it and, and hope that nobody notices that it's not up to date. But nowadays, because people are using the web and using search and using social to learn about business, that's obviously been accentuated uh, through this pandemic that people aren't always visiting the businesses as often as they would before. And now we've learned the web is great. In 2003, when you and I were doing Nokia, the web was horrible. There really wasn't yes. much to do. And you had to go you know, to a homepage or to a physical business to learn stuff. Nowadays, people know, just Google it, just search it, go on the webpage, you should be able to find information. But if it's not up to date, it's misleading perhaps, it's got old information, it's going to lead to what I spend a lot of time on is the online reputation management part of things is where people are leaving reviews on Google or TripAdvisor, wherever it's Trustpilot or whatever it might be out there, and then the owner gets frustrated. So explain to me a little bit, tell me how that process works and how long do you need to get it up on their website? I'll do what we do a lot with, which is a health and safety organization. So, you know, they're, they're out, they do their projects, and then all they'll do is they'll write a, a bit of copy. Um, and again, they're health and safety experts, so they're good at what they do. So they'll send something through with some text. It comes into the guys here. Obviously, we have to reformat it and change your, change the wording around a little bit, make sure it's optimized for the, the search engines. We go find some images from our royalty-free database to, to attach to it, which are suitable. And then obviously publish. Now, with these guys, they send us the email over, and then within four hours, it's on the website, it's live. We use the website to go push it to multiple 
social media sources. So put it on the website and have it pushed out to LinkedIn, pushed out to Twitter, pushed out to Facebook. So, you know, publish once and, and, and away it goes. Sure. And I know there's some optimization challenges there sometimes because LinkedIn prefer to uh, prioritize their native content over, um, you know, third party content from, from other sources, but it still works for the majority of, uh, of what we need to do. Um, so it's really a case of yeah, four hours is the okay. longest normally we take to publish something which somebody sent through, unless there's like a massive project and it requires pages and pages to go on the website, in which case it may take a, a little longer. Um, okay. But, you know, certainly running running organizations' blogs, we run newsletters for our, for, for, for another one. There's a, a company, the Tire Trade, Tire Trade News. Um, they were mind me uh, putting them out there. They publish information and they put it on their, the website themselves. They do that side of it themselves. But they have newsletters that go out um, and they want somebody to manage that. So... We, every Thursday, we push those out, it goes out, and it's all handled via what's been built into the website. So, you know, the articles are there, we click the articles they want, it builds it into the newsletter, automatically put their ads in, which is where they get their revenue from, and add it goes to however 5,000 people in five minutes that, that they want to go through. It's same day or next day kind of turnaround is what you, oh, you try to yeah. hit at. With, with an ease. And okay. you know, if we get so much in that we can't do that, we'll bring in a we'll bring in another head to, mm-hmm. to help. Tell me, what, what's the importance of having a website if you're a small business? Credibility is building that credibility, showing your values. It's a place to put your portfolio of your projects. I think one of the most important things about having a website at the moment is because of social media. You know, there's so many different channels. We've got the LinkedIn, the Instagram, the Facebooks, the Twitter. You most customers they have. They use a channel or two. Um, they've got customers on those channels. But when you're trying to find somebody, you're trying to find an organization, most people, if they're trying to find a service, will turn to Google, whether it's Google, Yahoo, Bing, it's all pretty much the same. Um, they'll go there to search and, and find out whatever it is they need to find. And obviously, they normally hit the websites prior to hitting the mm-hmm. social media sites. But if, you know, if, if somebody is using Instagram, for example, but they may find you if they search within within Instagram. But the website now becomes the directory of you know everything of where all your social media is. So whether or not you push on the website and push out to social media, or whether you have things on social media, but then you sort of merge them all together on the website, it, it seems to become that central place of that hub um, of where everything goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, there's a lot of people especially some of those in the in the older generation, if that's your target market, they don't use social media. So if you don't build your website with some sort of online presence, you are missing a, a particular demographic. Um, so that's and the, right that's now, a, that's a demographic which has got some, got, got some money. So I hear from customers, well, from businesses that I, that I interact with, they're like, yeah, I've got a website. I don't have time to keep it up or maintain it. I'm on Instagram or Facebook or something. Isn't that just enough? And I, one for I tell them, well, what happens if Instagram gets rid of all photos tomorrow and you can only do reels and you're not good at video? Uh, your Instagram history is perhaps gone and that's something you can't control. I like what you said. It's your credibility and brand. That's where you build it. You can build interactions. You can build community on the social platforms. Right? You can have those interactions, you can have those lightweight conversations, you can have DMs, you can put out comments and all those wonderful things. 
Um, I interact with a lot of brands on on social media, uh, both in positive and negative sense sometimes, mostly negative on Twitter. That's a different story. But uh, I tell them the same, that you have to have a web page because if the customer gets lost a little bit in your social, they're going to go look for your web page because that's where they're going to expect to find that information that they were looking to get from you. And even if it's just a single page website with uh, some contact details on it, it's something. Um, so it's better to have something than nothing, but it's better to have something that you know you can update and maintain. If you haven't got time for it, then that's where uh, businesses like us come in. So you're suggesting to your clients that a website is important, but equally to figure out what social channels could be relevant for your customers as well. So a mixture is what you're. It, it is a mixture, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And you know we we get asked for advice. We get asked whether we'll whether we look after them, potentially managing. The social media accounts for some small businesses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we get asked. We get asked the same thing, um, and it's like, well, they're the customer. If uh, if we got the skills and they got the requirement, then there's a match. There's a match. So, what are there any things that your customers are bringing to with their that they're struggling with? So, uh, I guess the one thing that a lot struggle with, and and I know this because it's it's difficult. It's sometimes easier to to help. Uh, another person than it is to do something yourself. And I look at it myself. It's like when we were doing things with our website, it's how do we sell ourselves? How do we how do we talk about ourselves mm. and what's important for what we do and so on? Um, but we find the same with the customers. You're asking them, we need some ideas for the content that they might need to put on certain pages. And they suddenly get them sort of a, a mind block. And it's like, Trying to, trying to extract the information from them of how they sell themselves, what are they about? That can be a challenge sometimes. They know what they know, but trying to get it put into place uh, and get it out on paper sometimes can be a challenge. That's probably the biggest thing that, that people struggle with. Knowing what, they, knowing what they want is often a big challenge. So what are typical things in web design specifically are customers looking for or requesting from you in, in 2022 now? A lot more is now starting to look at how they can incorporate e-commerce. Mm. Uh, may well have never done it before. That side of it is really ticking up. Oh. Organizations mm. that would do everything via just telephone or so on. So e-commerce is really, really beginning to pick up. We're putting it on more and more sites that, you know, to be honest, two years ago, they probably wouldn't have even looked at e-commerce. And I think you know, the pandemic had a lot to do with that. We looked at an organization that needed to do time delivery, time collection, you know, mm. businesses were allowed to stay open, but they, they weren't allowed to have anybody come into their premises. So you start building it into the website, you start, you know, setting delivery slots, um, so that, uh, so that you didn't get everybody turned up at the same time. Mm. That's a great example of how a service like, like you guys can help a customer understand first, is it possible for my business to e-commerce? What options do I have with the e-commerce? How do I do it? And then maybe how much is it going to cost me? But how fast can we get it up? I want to talk about your business now, because you mentioned this in the pre-roll a little bit about Hampshire Web Design. You're relatively new. You've been in the shadows for a while, building up the business. You've got a couple of customers. You've been putting out some information. What does marketing look like for Hampshire Web Design currently? And what are you thinking of doing in the next six months? Marketing for Hampshire Web Design has been word of mouth from people that we've we've built with for some time i think we must be up to about 30 35 websites that we built over the last couple of years um with no marketing mm. that was purely word of mouth and recommendation so we're now starting to look at, at how we market 
and what we're doing. So we turned around from being a consumer of a startup group to being a sponsor of that startup group. We've volunteered to support businesses as part of that group. They can book a call with me or one of the team here. And we'll just sit there and just have a conversation about what's good to do, what's not to do. Not a sales call as such. It's just it's just having a chat and giving us some advice. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen some business come in. Yeah, you know, two of the last sites we built came through from that group and that community where you've offered advice, we've offered help, and they've turned around and said, right, I've got a got an opportunity to get a grant for something. Can you put a proposal together for me, which we've done? And then yeah, they've got the funding and mm-hmm. we built the sites. So we started looking at doing that. I've never worked in marketing. I've never worked in sales, although you're the term, everybody's a sales a salesperson. Um, but I've never done any anything formal. Um, so moving to to look at the in the UK, there's a there's a help to grow management course that's that's run at the local universities. That's sponsored by the or ninety percent funded by the government. Um, I've got enrolled in one of those. I'm about four weeks into that now. Uh, and that's looking at how to grow your business. And it's mm-hmm. looking at marketing and, and those sort of strategies and what you need to do and, and, and how to innovate your business and so on. So we're starting to do that. But obviously, we're also starting to push out on social media and using social media as it's designed to be used. But yeah, we're, we're learning as we go. You know, our conversation this morning was talking with Frankie, one of my lead developers here, about, right, let's look at video. How can we bring some video into what we're doing and try and just do something a little different. So that was just a conversation this morning. So yeah, we'll just get around the table, hammer things out and look at what do we think's good. We look at the competition. It's a great way. You know, we trust me, we, we are on our competitions website in the local areas as much as we're on our own, looking at, you know, what, what others are doing, you know, what looks like it's working. How do we incorporate some of that? How do we change things? You know, as I said, the website's going to be fluid and dynamic. We change things ours every other day because there's always something that's worth adding, mm. tweaking, changing. It's new, I guess. It, it's going to be certainly a big part social because uh, it's just a great way to be able to reach people. This business is so different than my other. My other is hyper-local. This is, but can go. We can build sites anywhere in the world if we needed to. And to the other side, we use you know local print that goes through doors. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be sensible here. So yeah, it's a it's a new era, and, and I'm still trying to work it out. It's typical startup style, but I appreciate your honesty, your openness to say you're just still learning it. I'll be watching your socials to see what you share from your university course, uh, because maybe I can pick up a tip or two along the way and see what that can help with. Listen, Nigel, I have one final question for you, which is my signature question to ask all my guests. There's no right or wrong answer here. It is, what does innovation mean to you? Innovation to me means taking the next step. It doesn't matter whether it's technology. It doesn't have to be technology. It can be as simple as from using a notepad to moving into doing something with post-it notes on a wall using post-it notes on a wall and moving something into a CRM system. Or it could be designing the next jet engine that eats carbon and produces thrust. So I think for me, innovation is taking the next step to improve efficiency or what you're doing to make things better. That is nice and crisp. That's going to make for a great social media banner of mine. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it. Oh, it's, it's really, really good. Last thing, actually, one last question here. Where can people go and find more about you, your business, Hampshire Web Design? Where should they head to? Uh, head to our website, <laughs> uh, which is uh, HampshireWebDesign.net. So if you search for us, you definitely find us. And I know it'll probably be in the bottom of your podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say, of course, (laughs) as always, all the information, all the links will be in the show notes of the podcast here. Listen, Nigel, I know we haven't seen each other in a number of years. This is the first time we actually spoke in in even longer because we weren't directly working with one another at the end of our corporate careers there. I appreciate you taking time out in the middle of the day. We've had a nice long talk now, which has been just fantastic. And I look forward to coming back and talking to you again soon. Excellent, Andrew. Thank you very much. 